So John chapter 1, you can find it on page 1,645 in your pew Bibles. 1,645. We'll read verses 1 to 18 and John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Now I read from John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21 a very well-known part. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God. God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Thus far, the reading. Thank you. So, just mention one little uh, discussion point. Let's put it this way: You can imagine when uh, the translators were translating the Bible into English and uh, these Greek uh, scholars, and, and so what word were they going to use? So I don't know if you all have the same Bible, but um, verse 5 of John chapter 1, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, 
in your uh, uh, translations, it says, has understood it. In the translation that I have, it says, has overcome it. And so you can imagine all these scholars kind of, uh, okay, what's the right word? What's the right word? And some versions have understood and some versions have overcome. And um, But I really believe that both nuances are, are very important, that, that if we're in, you know, some people, it just doesn't seem that they understand the light. It, it's right in front of them, but they don't really understand it. But it's also very important to know that darkness cannot overcome. It cannot, in the end, win. And so um, both these uh, translations you will find in uh, various uh, versions of the New Testament. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. She was a woman in her early 30s living on the east side of Vancouver. She was addicted. Uh, she, uh, she was homeless. Uh, she lived from lived under overpasses or lived uh, lived on the streets of Vancouver and it was a very very sorry sight she was someone's daughter she was someone who was loved very sad sight someone who is involved in what they now call it seems uh, somehow to legitimize the trade in the sex trade sad but you know what was sadder still is that someone came to her someone from a church community and told her that God loved her and that they would welcome her into their fellowship and that her life would be able to be transformed that her life would be renewed and that she would be able to to live a much better healthier life she turned around and said you judgmental hypocrites do you think i'm going to come along with you never the light came into her life but she loved the darkness rather than the light Don was a businessman, was very, very successful, had two young kids at home, but I ever, hardly ever saw the kids because he was very, very much involved in his work and, and, and making money. One day he had a visit from an elder, and an elder tried to point out to him the importance of family and the importance of raising and loving their children and being there. And he said... What kind of car are you driving? And he said, well, the elder said, I'm driving a, a 2006 Chevy Malibu. Well, look what I'm driving. I'm driving a brand new BMW case closed. Do you think I'm going to listen, listen to you? The light came into his life. But he loved the darkness rather than the light. Louise was a married woman with three little children, and, uh, but she got kind of bored with life. 
So she went on, she was on the internet, you know, Facebook, and, and, and anyway, kind of got in contact with this uh, suave, debonair guy, it seems, from somewhere in Los Angeles who was involved in the movie industry and knew a lot of famous people. And anyway, she started latching on to him. Her friends pleaded with her, please. Don't you know what you are doing? Don't you know what you are jeopardizing? You have a calling here. Live in the, in the light of, 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 of God's word. And to quote an old country and western song, if loving you is wrong, then I don't want to be right. And so she left. The light came into her life. But she loved the darkness rather than the light. Herod was king of Judea. One day there were some wise men came and they said, we have seen the light of the king, we have seen his star. Herod feigned interest. And when the wise men didn't come back, He set out a command to kill all the babies under two years old, all the boys under two years old in Bethlehem. He had seen the light. The light had come into his life. But he loved the darkness rather than the light. Congregation, I can give and you can give many, many more examples of the world in which we live. I never thought I'd see the day when, when, when now you have a choice and a birth, when you get a birth certificate, whether you could put down male or female or, or some other gender. This is the world in which we live, where abortions are practiced and where hideous activity takes place. People, it seems, love the darkness. But we celebrate Christmas. And and why do we celebrate Christmas? Because light has come into the world. Jesus is not only our Savior, and is, of course, He is our Savior, who saves us from our sins and enables us to go to to heaven. But he is also light. And what does that light mean? We read here this morning that it exposes our deeds and it shows us how we are to live. That's what the light does. Light. Jesus is the light of the world. That's what we celebrate. And so you might ask yourself, you know, uh, you know, it's Christmas Day and it's been busy and, or Christmas Eve Day and, and why do you give all those kind of negative and heavy examples? In the reading that was done earlier with the lighting of the candles, the people have walked in, in, in deep gloom. Why do, we, why do we emphasize that gloom? Because you see, if we're going to appreciate the light, if we're really going to sing joy to the world... We need to recognize that light coming into this dark world. You watch movies, I'm sure. 
And often at the beginning of the movie, the villains, the villains, perf- you know, there's awful deeds, there's kidnapping, there's killing, and, and there's great injustice. But then whether it's a policeman or a doctor or whoever comes into the world, and, and the more that you have been angry, the more that you have, have, have seen the darkness, and then the light comes, the healing comes, the justice comes, then there's, there's a great thrill, there's great joy. And so... I don't want to emphasize the gloom. I don't want to emphasize the darkness just for, for, for darkness' sake, but only that we can see the contrast, the great con- contrast to Jesus being the light of the world. When we deal with light, we realize that it is, a, um, it is a profound theme that runs right through the Bible, right at the very beginning of creation. What is the very first thing that God creates? On day one, he says, let there be light. He doesn't say let there be a sun or moon or whatever. No, the sun and the moon, they come on the fourth day. Let there be light. So his light. In other words, the sun and the moon, when they come, they reflect the light of God. And then when we go all the way to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 22, there there will be no more sun and moon because God will be our light. And so right at the very beginning there is light. And why is light so very important? Because life could not exist without light. Light is essential to life. We read again in Genesis that that there was darkness covered the face of the earth. And that's a reference to kind of chaos, a, a life that has no meaning, has no purpose. It, 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 it just broods, it's, it, it, there's no aim to it. But then, let there be light. And that's the beginning, the beginning of light, the beginning of flowering, the beginning of life. And so, light, light was so very, very important but of course we know that, that Adam and Eve sinned and when they sinned they were cast into darkness they were cast outside of the garden and we see those, 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 those deeds of darkness Cain kills Abel and then with the time of the flood everyone was doing evil in the sight of the Lord and, and the Lord sent that flood when they saved believing Noah and his family but then afterwards the people got together and they built the tower of Babel because they were going to get to God in their own way they didn't need to be obedient they didn't need to listen they didn't need to look for his light they could do it themselves and so it goes on in the Old Testament but throughout, throughout history that we see that deed, those deeds of darkness. There's even a period of time from, from the 500 A.D. to the 1500 A.D. that we call it the, the age of darkness. And so this is, this is the darkness that we experience. But then, just at the right time, 
Jesus comes into the world and notice too that John in, the begin- in that chapter 1 with the prologue which we read that in the beginning God in the beginning goes right again ties in with Genesis that he is the light the light of the world and so there is hope there is hope in terms of life being able to flourish again, flower again, that relationships may be restored, that there may be joy, that there may be peace, that there may be justice, because the light is shining in the world. But, but we read here, people loved the darkness rather than the light. Why? Well, it says so very very clearly here. Because their deeds were evil. They didn't want to go the way opened up as, as, through the light of the word. Because their deeds were evil. Tony Campolo tells a story um, maybe you've heard of Tony Campolo. He's quite a well-known, popular uh, Christian speaker. He's a professor at a university in, I think, in Pennsylvania somewhere. Anyway, in the states. Anyway, one day, one of his students come. This student, 19-year-old guy, and he um, he he grew up in the church. Uh, he was uh, in the youth group, and and so he, yeah. Uh, very much involved in the church. Anyway, he comes to Tony Campolo. He says, Tony, he says, I'm beginning to doubt my faith. He says, how, do, you know, uh, how can a good God allow the Holocaust? And, 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 and so some of these you know, deeper philosophical questions. And so he thought that Tony would try to answer him with some of these philosophical issues. Tony looked at him in the eyes and he said, when did you start, start sleeping with your girlfriend? The guy was absolutely nonplussed. What's that got to do with the issue? But Tony knew something. He knew what we were just reading about here. People, people don't want the light because their deeds were evil. He knew He knew that he was doing something that was not right. He knew that he was doing something that that certainly wasn't taught by him at church and and, and in his family setting. And so somehow he wanted to kind of justify himself and and so then all sorts of and I'm not saying that 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 we all that that's the origin of all our questions, but certainly in this in this case, that because our deeds are evil because we want to go our own way. Therefore, we hide from the light. Of course, I can point out to others, but I also have to recognize that in my own heart, in my own soul, I too want to hide away from God. I want to go my own way. I don't want to live by the light. I don't want that light to expose my deeds. You know, nowadays, 
this thing is, is kind of ubiquitous. It's all over the place. And so something happens right away. We push our camera and we take photos. And so we've seen them many, much, much, much evidence of that, especially in the U.S. with police shootings. And, and uh, so they tell a story, but then a video comes out. And so the deed was exposed to the light. This is, this is what really happened. And when you think about it, that when we stand before God, that every thought, that every deed has been exposed, and it's as if the video will be replayed. How, how do you stand? And how do I stand before God? That all my thoughts, all my deeds, all my actions are exposed, quite frankly, I cringe. I cringe. Because as Paul says in in Romans chapter 3, all of us have sinned. All of us fall short of the glory of God. We have done what is evil. Even even if we think that what we've done is, is not so bad. You know, think about the Pharisees and you know, they lived fairly upright lives. I mean they they, they really did try to live by the law. But of course, when Jesus, the light of the world, came into their lives, then their little flashlight, so to speak, as as they were living, and then exposed to the huge light that Jesus was, well, there was nothing. And they, they were exposed in terms of the motivations, in terms of their lovelessness, in terms of their selfishness. And so rather, rather than saying, Lord, we have sinned, we have sinned, we have fallen short. No, they got angry and they crucified Jesus. And so I can look to others, but I also have to admit that I love the darkness often. I love the darkness rather than the light. And if I, if we persist in this, what does John 3 say? Then we stand condemned already. If we do not believe that he is the light, if we do not walk in the light, then we stand condemned already. And I think you should think about that a little bit because, you know, sometimes when we think about condemnation and we think about judgment day, uh, I don't know what kind of image you have in in mind, but, but sometimes it's like you know, God has kind of set the kind of maybe a C plus line. And if we're above C plus, then well, we'll get into heaven. And if we're below, then, then we will not. As if God is going to stand back and look at our lives and say, well, yeah, okay, okay you know, then either you're in or you're, you're not. But notice, it's not so much that God condemns us, we condemn ourselves. If we persist that we want to walk in darkness, we don't want the light of, of Jesus to expose who we are, to humble ourselves, to make us fall on our knees and say, Lord, I have fallen short. Lord, show me, show me through your spirit, show me by your, your word how I am to live. That anyone who believes in the light, who follows the light, is not condemned and so to follow that light 
Jesus is our Savior, but, but, but it's not just simply, you know, later on. When we talk about Jesus as light, it's a quality of life, a quality of life that we experience even today. And so today, today is a time to come into the light while it is yet day. So we need to be reminded that the darkness, the darkness cannot overcome it. So we need to come to that light so that, as we read here, that it might show that, that it might be plainly seen that what we are doing is done through God. Earlier, I mentioned that the sun and the moon and the stars, they were, built, they were created on the fourth day. And the first day there was a light. In other words, the sun was a reflector of God's light. And here we have the same picture that we, we are to be reflectors of the light that Jesus is. In all of our lives, in our love for husbands and wives, our children, our families, our generosity, my work habits, my lifestyle, in all of these ways, in all of these ways, He is the light Joy to the world, the light has come. Thank you, Lord. Some people say that we are entering a new dark ages. There was a book, a well-known book written many years ago um, called The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. And it was pointed out that the Roman Empire um, fell especially because of people's uh, focus on things and material and on pleasure. They became soft. And they they were very open to the barbarians that, that were... And so they ruled or they ran the, 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 for, for, thousand, for a thousand years. Don't kid yourself. There are barbarians out there. You just watch the news and you see some of the horrendous killings and beheadings and all of there. There are barbarians out there. But during those years the light remained on. The darkness cannot overcome it. And where was that light? That light was especially in the church. Often in the monasteries, often in far away places as people were reading and studying the word. And so I really believe that as a church we have we have a solid obligation, as it were. We who celebrate the joy of Christmas, the joy of light coming into the darkness, recognizing in others, but recognizing also in my own heart that kind of natural desire to, to go into the darkness, but to live, 
to live in the light, to keep the light on. You know, this church is also going through through renewal lab. And really at its core, at its core, the question is just simply, how can we keep the light on? How can we reflect that light which Jesus is back to the world? That yes, there is darkness, but there is also that marvelous, marvelous light which is Jesus Christ. John 12 says, Believe in the light that you may be children, children of light. And so as tomorrow we once again celebrate Christmas and we maybe have gone around and looked at all the different lights and we have lights on the Christmas tree and we recognize all of these, let it be a reminder that the most important light is Jesus And then we are that light that reflects him. And so may all of us truly have a blessed Christmas. Amen.